Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon and Graham Young. On the pod today, Celtic brushed hearts aside to go five points clear at the top of the Premiership. Was this a pivotal moment in the title race? And the January transfer window is fast approaching, so we can take a wee look at what fans can expect come the new year. Uh, so, lads, Celtic, Tynecastle last night, a fairly, as far as these trips to Tynecastle go, fairly low-key affair, but it was a, another comfortable win for Celtic, five points clear at the top of the league. What did you make of it? First 20 minutes were what you would expect for a heart Celtic game, plenty of endeavour for the home team. Tynecastle's one of those stadiums that, just magic really, it's just a brilliant old school stadium and when hearts are on it they can cause teams problems but very quickly Celtic were able to find their feet and the counter attack just killed hearts and I think you can see Stendhal's full of good ideas but they were just overmatched, James Forrest last night, he's probably not been at his best the last few weeks but he was excellent, uh, constant menace and I thought in Cham getting his goal, Ryan Christie getting his goal as well, there's plenty to like for Celtic. I think it was it was actually one of those matches that could be hugely pivotal, <laughs> as you said at the start, um, in terms of the context of the season. I think it was a major gamble, actually, taking the fixture and placing it at this this point in the season. Um, this is the rearranged game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, given the fact that the workload has been so intense of late, I mean, so many games in December, I think it would be an easy thing to do would be to, to put it in the back burner, kick the can down the road till the new year. I think like Rangers did with the Ross County game. But instead of taking the fixture and actually made it look quite easy and got the three points, a place that could be tough now with a new manager, but it could be tougher again in the new year when they do get their act together, which you think they would do at Hearts. Um, so I think it's actually worked out to be a gamble that has really been quite a, 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 a positive gamble that's worked off for Celtic because they got through the fixture with no fuss, played really well, could have been four or five, um, even with the kind of a, a spirited start from Hearts, albeit didn't really test the goalkeeper mm-hmm. um, so I think that they can sit back and reflect on a, a, a risky strategy which has really paid off for them because they've got this five point cushion which I think is psychologically huge at this stage um, yeah. given these uh, remaining fixtures before the break because certainly when you look at it Graham, when Rangers when their game finished at Fur Park on Sunday uh-huh. they were a point ahead yep. and now without kicking a ball they're now five behind so as, uh-huh. as Michael says there's a it's a psychological blow for them would you say would you go as far as that no I would I agree with what Mick's saying and I think the fact that, that Rangers haven't won the league this is massive for them for Celtic the team that always in the ascendancy again a crew of the points now Hibs Rangers always got a very tricky game against Hibs and Hearts are still to get where they need to go but Hibs look rejuvenated under Jack Ross that'll be a tough game Easter Road's always a uh, difficult place to go and then Celtic play Aberdeen at home a team that's done uh, been able to handle quite easily. Brendan Rodgers, obviously, at first against Derek McInnes, he was always able to get the better of him. Neil Lennon, now he's returned. Um, it's got the upper hand against him as well. So to win that game, potentially to stretch the lead even further ahead of the big one at the end of, end of the month. So it feels the momentum swing is really it's going in Celtic's direction. And that's obviously the Betfred Cup final. The talk last week was about how Rangers dominated the game and does it really matter now Celtic have got the trophy in the bag now they've got this comfortable lead at the top obviously it could change but Rangers can't cut into it if Celtic keep winning and they've obviously got this game coming up as well so there feels there's a real positive words as well for Lennon last night he's really bullish and confident about where Celtic are now ahead the three big games before the winter shutdown Just in terms of the, the game itself last night as you said it wasn't you know it wasn't really a kind of classic but it, 
could prove to be pivotal. Pivotal? I've said it again. I just can't <laughs> get this right. Uh, I'm just going to drop that. That word's now banned mm-hmm. off the podcast. Uh, but I want to talk a wee bit about Ryan Christie, who's it's not yet to reach Christmas and he's already well on course to hit 20 goals from midfield. He's what can I just missed out at the weekend against Hibs. He's come straight back into the team and he's just, I think the, the goal kind of summed him up. He's such a threat in and around that final third nowadays. He's, he's, where would you rank him in terms of Celtic's most important players? Well, he's now definitely one of the key men on the side, one of the first names on the team sheet. I think you look at that. They said they've got that kind of core of guys, that, that, the go-to guys now, the Browns, McGregor, Forrest, Christie, Edward, Julian at the back. It's a real solid goal I've got, and he's one. He's now one of these guys that, from being a kind of fringe kind of player and kind of a, around the kind of edges of it all, now is very much front and centre. I mean, I think people haven't even really spoken about Tom Rogic, who was major player for Celtic, and he's not played much this season, and he's not really been missed because Christie's taken that mantle, that kind of creator and, uh, and goal scorer role. And Christie probably it. adds a bit more as well. He's so it's flexible, and he, uh-huh. he's like he's like a Tom Rogic who can actually run a bit for an hour, more than an hour. <laughs> um, he's, he's got a, a great engine on him he's he's so important to the way Celtic play because he is that the first man to go and press a game he's, he can do, he can be the first man in that press chasing down lost causes and all that stuff forcing mistakes but when he get him the ball they can create and look at his finishing it's, it's, it's terrific um, I don't think you can underestimate also the, the, the Edward factor with Christie's goals and, and James Forrest's goals I think a lot of the time he's doing that work that creates the space for these guys to score I know he scored a few when Edward was missing but if you look at the goal last night, the back heel takes out four. I mean, it sends Big Bella for a loaf. Um, for the goal. It was, it was very hell stuff. He sent the four of them all running the wrong direction um, on the way to the goal. Um, fun touch, bang goal. I mean, it nothing really. Celtic hadn't even threatened at that point. Um, and to have that in, in, their, uh, in their locker is... You can actually get I've seen it coming. They said they hadn't played that well. Hearts had been pretty spirited for 20 minutes. We just knew that, that, that Celtic's attacking options are going to create something... And they're more likely to take it. I mean, they're so they're so direct. I mean, Christie is always thinking about his creating and scoring goals at the moment. Um, he's some kind of form, but he's made himself a right, a really important member of this mm-hmm. team now. He was he sort of started the season kind of tucked in right behind Edward, the number ten. But he's now been kind of at least starting off the right hand side. Uh-huh. But it, I mean, there's, I've seen people saying that he's maybe not quite as effective from there. But mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem in terms of his his output in terms of goals, it's yeah. not really. Derailed him as such, yeah, isn't it? I think that's the beauty uh, of what he's able to bring to team. We're talking there about Rogic, where Rogic could play that one position, the number 10, but you can, Christie just breaks the lines. He's, he's so good at it. And I think with enchanting the team and El Yunusi obviously out injured again, Christie's best position is probably still playing right in behind Edward, but to have a player that good who can play in multiple positions, it's a godsend for Celtic, it really is. And you just mixed it there as well about the fact that this core group of players, like, Christie's very much part of that now. You can just tell it, just loves it, you know, and just loves everything about being a big time player for Celtic. Had to wait a long time for it as well. Not many people would have probably predicted it. His loan spell at Aberdeen was decent for the for the most part, but he was really struggling before that goal in the Betfred Cup semi against Hearts, and since then it's just been incredible what he's been able to achieve. And his finishing's excellent, it really is. Like that finish last night, that's just what top players do, like just a half yard of space. Forest, obviously, I think a lot of Celtic fans would have been shouting at the telly last night, thinking, <laughs> like, just get out the road high. <laughs> but no, he managed to find that half yard of space. And oh, he's just, he's a top, top player, he really is. And I think even when El Yunusi and the team that would allow him to go back. But in Cham, it's 
obviously back in the team now as well. I, don't, I still think as good as Cham is, and we spoke it probably about Cham more than any player in this podcast, I still think Celtic's best set-up is McGregor, Brown, Christie, mm-hmm. another winger for us. I actually, think, I actually think Christie is... I think he's effective in that, that wide role. Because uh-huh. not, not so much even as much as he's effective. I think by playing that role, he allows Fimpong the space to, he can bring, he can drag players in on a central area, the extra man, like where he scored from, against uh, the Tynecastle, and he opens up a lot of space for Fringpong to kind of, um, mm-hmm. utilise. So I actually think it does help yeah. the way Celtic play. So the Fringpong can push up as almost like a winger. Is that part of the thing? So you don't, you don't need the width from, from Christy, he yeah. can he can get ghost around and come in, and it must be a nightmare because you're right, I had an extra body in the middle of the park, defenders, do they go with him, or does someone drop in deep to go with him, and it does create a lot of problems. Yeah. So he might not actually be the one Causing the problem sometimes, yeah. but he is creating that space that Frimpong can go one on one. If he goes one on one to get with a defender, it's only one winner. Yeah, is that um, maybe part of the thinking then? You know, we're thinking it's oh, it's to get and jam into the team, but I mean, it's it's doing wonders for for Frimpong as well because he's I think I that, think that's a knock on effect. That, I do. I think even. that's it does to help. Um, it's hard to see with the all slot in. I think like, I think Celtic are the best, like you say, with the three. I think definitely. Um, but you look at. Cham last night again when he's in form you think how's, how can, how's, he, how's he not a first man in the team again every week because he is exactly. a cut above he's when he's he is 12 in form. man isn't he like, <coughs> the fact when he's playing like that and those games the last season where it was like Celtic fans must have been rubbing their eyes so poor yeah. but he's got back to that level now where he's not always dominating, uh, dominating games but he's got this brilliant ability of just like taking the ball in when things are a wee bit wacky. the ball was like a pinball the first mm-hmm. 20 minutes but it was in Cham was the first player to really get it down Yeah, moving for Celtic it was a horrible pitch but that's what he brings to the team they might not always play every week but he's, 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 man, he's found he's, that role he's now so he's so strong he, can commit, he commits players 100% so a couple of guys might try and shut him down he's, he can hold them off and bring him in and knock it out and it's it's Maybe not the most flashy thing at times, but it's something that Scott Brown's done for all his career. But it's really effective. Um, but Celtic are in a good place at the moment because they've got the options now. Um, and see, Rogic is still kind of there as well. So it's, it's, it's getting them all in, and you've got Alan Lucy coming back in at some point, you'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have got plenty of options in that, that neck of the woods, that's for sure. So just on the, the topic of uh, Christine Frimpong, actually, um, who were brought in for a, a kind of relative pittance these days combined. Uh, we're obviously coming to the end of the year, but it means we're also coming to the end of the decade. Uh, so we've asked you, and obviously we gave you plenty of advance notice to compile this, Mick. Checks, <laughs> <Checks> <laughs> Literally two, two seconds. Uh, your three, we'll, we'll go to Graham first in that uh-huh. case, your three best bargain sign. Oh, not even, is it, is it bargain Are we going bargain uh, signings? Value for money. Value for money uh-huh. Celtic signings yeah, of the yeah. decade. And there's a good. There's well, a if good you're going first, that chance have I got. Well, we'll right, go, we'll, how we'll, about we'll I go first, first and then we go and we right. work our way back? Right, so take <laughs> Virgil van Dijk, two point whatever million. They could have paid 22 million, it's still be a bargain. Um, by far and away, I think Celtic had a lot of these really, really top players, Wanyama, Dembele, that type of player. But van Dijk just stands out, just the ultimate. Basically, there was a great analogy used once that he was basically Ferdinand and Vidic rolled into one. I think that sums up his qualities. I think his Karagandhi debut was a, a nightmare. Uh, but very quickly proved that he was a top operator and he's gone on to achieve big things. And to be fair, Celtic are still reaping the rewards of the fact that Virgil van Dijk played for them because they've got this host of players they've been able to sell on, but van Dijk's, you know, and he's the ultimate player to say, oh, Virgil van Dijk was here and proved, moved on to Southampton. And I know Tierney, Dembele, all these other players that have mm-hmm. moved on for big money. But 
to have a player of that quality and still to be, just be part of Celtic in this decade and a good team as well. Ronnie Dyler, people forget that that first season under Ronnie Dyler, from starting to the second half of the season, so he's not a bad manager. Listen, he wasn't the worst, but he had Jason Denier and Virgil van Dijk at the back <laughs> with Craig Gordon goal. So, no, I mean, it was that cured a lot of ills that were maybe elsewhere on the team. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I think Virgil van Dijk's the ultimate signing. Um, I think uh, value for money talking about Dembele 500 grand for Mr Dembele selling for 20 that's some bit of business two, two trebles mm-hmm. under his belt as well ah, um, that, so that's I me mean, look at that one I think that's a a, a, a great bit of business um, and again he's another one he's probably going to be playing right at the I mean, he's playing at the top level just now but he's going to be a, a, an absolute superstar I'd imagine he's scoring a barload in France hasn't he um, this season so I think he, yeah, that's, that's some bit of business for 500 grand uh, all right, a good, a good wage, right enough at, at Parkhead. Mm-hmm. But um, you can't see past that for 500,000. Especially nowadays. Um, but there's been a few. You know. uh, Wanyama's the next one. He's yeah. going to be there. But, uh, again, I think you can see it now, maybe at that top level at Tottenham. If you're being ultra critical, his passing's not top notch, right? But for a team like Celtic, Neil Lennon, that first really great European team he had, uh, there's loads of positives in it. Gary Hooper was pretty decent at that level. He wasn't quite top European striker level but mm-hmm. it's always dangerous in the European game Scott Brown very important there was a lot of key men but when Yama just brought this power in the midfield Celtic never really had that before they could match up with teams and as good as the midfields were like Lennon, Lambert all their qualities when Yama was like the type of player that played for the opposition and the game in Spartak Moscow I think that's the one that I can always think back Celtic's first ever Champions League away win you could just see it that night do you know what I mean that was just this top operator top midfielder who could just boss anyone he was up against mm-hmm. and I think for Celtic again, it's been such an important thing. Over the, there's been plenty of signings that have misfired. There's been a few duds along the way, but their ability to just find these real rough diamonds, come in, do a really good job, and then move on. And when he's going against Barcelona, phenomenal. He's brilliant in a game, um, a game against Rangers three 0 where he played uh, central defence in a back three and famously bullied uh, David Healy down the touchline and stuff like that. Celtic fans obviously remember, but just overall he's. His great play was uh, a massive part of this decade for Celtic. It really was. Tony Watt, fifty grand, scored the win against Barcelona. That's, That's some bit of business. Fantastic. Well, he's worth it just for I mean, that. Just in terms of a moment, it's probably the biggest moment in the last twenty-five years. Hundred percent. Um, folk wouldn't swap that night for anything. No, exactly. Celtic are still dying out on that night. Um, no, offer no. a guy that was cost fifty grand for Merdry. And he was. I think that goal obviously changed everything for him. But it was. You could see why Lennon brought him into the team in the first place. He had a great knack of kind of leading the line, and then obviously all kind of started to go south but mm-hmm. I think we go back to this season I think Frimpong would be my third choice I don't think it's unbelievable he's one of these players like, I just, you, you can maybe understand Manchester City with their Cancelo Kyle Walker the, the road to a right back berth in the first team it was pretty long and winding for Frimpong mm-hmm. but you've got to imagine other teams in the Premier League you must surely they're playing these teams week in week out like, at reserve youth level just a standout and Celtic obviously caught Celtic's eye and they made their move but mm-hmm. it just staggers me how another team didn't get their first but Celtic were obviously very good again at spotting players but what a talent he, his personality is infectious but he is just a really top player and I think that's the difference maybe between the stature of player like Frimpong and Dembele where Frimpong's a bit taller a bit more muscly but you can see a player who's and he's obviously a couple more years advanced in his career but as a boy he was never going to be a big powerful type, do you know what I mean? But he's got this speed and he's able to hold players off just with his great close control as well. He'll be 
he's able to kind of uh, cope with the demands of Scottish football and you can see him going to play for a really top team he, he's, he's quite similar I think to someone like Marcello at Real Madrid who's obviously been all he is is a winger playing at left back mm-hmm. do you know what I mean um, I think it's the same for Frimpong he's just a player who's going to go and play at the absolute top level you can see just his skills and ability already and I think he's massive for that game against Rangers I think he's really important because Rangers at times Celtic will hope Rangers come on the front foot and his speed just uh, devastating I think Barisic for all his development this season mm-hmm. uh, will be up against it when he comes up comes up against him Can we get one more for you? Have I got one left? One left Ma- Marvin Comper It's <laughs> uh, a good one <laughs> so Apparently it was great to have about the place for, uh, What about Ireland? Good for morale th- uh, Hi yeah, well, I think I think Lenny one point told him to stop talking to put players on the same ground. <laughs> <laughs> and he, was try, he was trying to give advice. To, apparently, he was trying to give advice to Callum McGregor, and Lenny says, "Oh, you shut up! He's like, get away from the team. <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> Filling his head full of nonsense." Anyway, so maybe not, maybe not him. Christopher, I, yeah, I think I think I still got a bit of, bit of learning to do. I think he's still got a bit to go in terms of um, his career development. But I think he is going to be the next one. Um, listen, you get back, you can get back. I mean, Fraser Forster. Get him on loan, mm-hmm. start the decade, get him for a couple million quid, sell him for 10 million quid, having been oh, successful, yeah. and now come back and being, being sensational. Getting a lot of value out of him. But I, mean, I think when the time comes for Craig Gordon to go as well, I think people look back on his, his Celtic career has been a, has been a huge success. Um, a guy that signed in 2014 when Ronnie came in, not really knowing how he's going to be fitness-wise to be nothing but successful. Been a great signing for nothing as well. There's been a few. Um, I think we'll go for Marvin. We'll go for Marvel, we'll get an honourable mention for Marvin. <laughs> Just for stories were great as well. Gone but not forgotten. The greatest story as well was one Brendan Rogers about having them round for breakfast and he had his favourite cereals. Why shouldn't they go into the bother? It's not a big waste of time. Can you imagine just putting on this massive spread? <laughs> Uh, shows your keepy ups, Marvin. Knocking passes off the footy. The loving them. Oh, uh, yeah, we miss we miss Marvin on uh, this I podcast. We? I mean, we barely talked about him, but we do we do I miss know. him. Um, <coughs> so he's obviously long gone now, Marvin Comper. Um, and when we come to January uh, as well, it starts to look at who is out of contract at the end of the season, and we had a you know we had a feature on our website yesterday there's eight players including the loan players uh, who are kind of out of contract at Celtic at the end of this season um, so we're just going to go through them and you feel f- I'll just open these up to the floor and feel free to come in on them um, in terms of whether you would look personally to sign them up for another year at least or if you think it's time for them to go so we'll just start with Craig Gordon Anybody want to come in on Craig Gordon? I think his time's nearing the end. I think he knows that as well. Uh, Scott Scott Bain obviously signing a new deal. And I think Fraser Foster would be a big ass to get him an apparent deal. But if they didn't, it would be another number one they were looking for. I think Scott Bain's role at the club is the backup for the mm-hmm. future. Craig Gordon's still got some legs, I think. He's got some life in him yet. Uh, he's, a t- he's a top keeper on us. And I think the fact that he, that he was so close to retirement, uh, the injury was so severe... Why would he retire early? I think he could do a job for a lot of teams. Uh, Hart seems like the obvious fit because he's ties to the club. They need a number one in the worst way. Can't bring Bobby's Lamal back every third game. It just won't <laughs> cut the mustard. So 
I think I think Gordon's still got plenty about his game and I'd expect him to potentially move in January actually I think it would make sense Do you agree with that Mike? I think he will I think he will I think he wants to play and he understands that he wants to play and this this part of his career at a certain age he wants to maximise the last few years of his career Um, I think Celtic should offer him a new deal I think it'd be a no-brainer to have have on the books especially the uncertainty about about Forster Do you think he would sign it? I don't know actually That's the question I I think think. get the impression from him I think he He's frustrated not playing. He wants to play. I think he think he's missed enough of his career. He's only got maybe two or three years left. Mm-hmm. He wants to, to to get games, um, and you can't blame him for that. Um, from a certain point of view, as you want somebody with that ability on the books, because um, I think Neil Lennon said that, didn't he? I, I, I understand. Well, yeah, I think, yeah. but it's, it maybe down to maybe down to, to to Craig. I don't think the club is standing in his way, but you don't replace a guy like Craig Gordon very easily, especially maybe not for your number one if he's not going to be number one. Um, so, from a club point of view, I think yes. Try and give him an extra year or two. From a per- player point of view, maybe not. Maybe go back to Hearts and give him a goalie for the first time since he left. I think they've had, they've had ten years of dodgy goalies. <laughs> I think um, I could give for Hearts these days. <laughs> Johnny Hayes. See, that's a tough one. I don't want to be overly harsh, uh, but but I know he brings a lot in terms of morale and. He's part of the team but I think you can only get away with Johnny Hayes starting for so long um, I think Greg Taylor really should be looking at uh, unseating him especially with Ball and Bolly uh, Bolly Ball and Golly could struggle with that there that was in your what was the word you're struggling with oh, there you <laughs> uh, but I think Hayes has got a million qualities he's, he's played really well in big games this season against Lazio against Rangers uh, big moments when it really matters uh, but I think Greg Taylor's a better left back and I think Celtic the longer he's certain wingers can just get past him quite easily mm-hmm. I know he's always he'll keep fighting as the games go on but Celtic's ultimate goal is to make the squad better I think Johnny Hayes would be quite a ruthless cut or mm-hmm. to maybe not offer him a new deal yeah. but perhaps if you're maybe trying to try, it's still a big squad as well Neil Lennon's first uh, spell in charge I think that was the one criticism maybe like seven or eight extra bodies kicking about there's been absolutely no issue this season mm-hmm. But I think that Celtic can do better. If you had Ball Golly and Greg Taylor, which are two left back, I don't think it would be a, a massive lot. He's not going to get a game playing in the front three. Never really worked at Celtic anyway when he had opportunities there. So I think he'd probably take me to move on. But I wouldn't... I, I, when I, he I'm loves him Exactly. I think he'll yeah. get a new deal. But I, personally, I would, I, I would... I think it would be the best decision to maybe cut um, ties. Would you go along with that? <laughs> I think there's a place for him. I don't. I mean, I, he is. I mean, I think he's, he's 32 now. I think come up for 33, is it? Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe as he's had a good run, and I think he'll even he would think he would, would be. This is the best he's ever played for Celtic now. Um, mm, but so I can understand. Even last night, people were, people were surprised that it was, wasn't Taylor ahead of him last night. Oh, but he's yeah. he's a hard to be fella, Johnny Hayes, and you're going to Hearts, and you know you're going to get a battle, and I think that's why he's there. A bit of physicality, and he'll get stuck in. Um, he's a he's a he's a hard case, Johnny. I mean, he'll. His shoulder pops out every game, you know. He puts it back in himself and all that. It's bonkers. The rest is be up in the ether, mate. Uh, he just pops it back in. Um, so I, I can understand why Lennon likes him so much. But um, he's a big dress room figure, isn't he? That's a big selling point. Yeah, it's so it's big Marvin we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I don't. I think it could be handshakes all around. They wish him all the best. I could see him going back. I think. I think he'll still be playing a couple of years in Scotland. I can imagine. Um, doing a job somewhere, but I think maybe Celtic be looking to upgrade in certain positions. That, um, but they've got two left backs. Would it be that much to keep him on the books for a season? I don't know. Um, but he's a, use, he's a useful squad player, Johnny. He's not yeah. the player he was attacking wide man, beating players, 
the old fashioned way, knocking it and running by them and all that stuff. I think that those days might be gone. But he's a little tough, kind of um, ferocious player to have in your team in so certain games. Just to be clear, but but you both think they might offer him a new. I think they might have been surprised me. I'm surprised me. That's the most likely option. Yeah. Um, so next, oh, Calvin Miller. I think that's time up for. Yeah. He's been a bad time with injuries. Been Miller a bit for a while, hasn't he? He's been in print enough times, but he was named as the world's most talented teenager. One of these hipster blogs about right. six, seven years ago. So maybe not as long, maybe five years ago. Uh-huh. But it's never happened. He's been about a long time. I think it's, it's, I don't see the same kind of trajectory like Ryan Christie going out and low and coming back and breaking into the team. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see that unfortunately for him. But he'll, he'll, he'll do well somewhere. Scott Sinclair. That's game over. I think, I think, it's, 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 I think it's the right biggest surprise now is the, the fact he get the extra year. Uh, his comments after the college game as well are pretty clear that it's coming to an end and he's. Chances away. Well, I mean, I think. Do you know what? I think it's probably the right thing as well because I know people always made this argument that he still scores goals. And but that first season under Rodgers was magical for nearly every Celtic player, but especially Sinclair. Uh, since then, he's never been able to quite replicate that. They've got to give the guy credit for the amount of goals assists he was he was involved in. But there's, there's been a kind of um, a bubble buildification of Scott Sinclair, hasn't there? Yeah. Like a player who's not in the team becomes better and better by the week. Mm-hmm. So the longer he's not been the team, the better he's got. I mean, he came back against Clues. I was at Clues the other week, and I, I thought he was pretty poor, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people are saying, "Why is he not? Why is he not getting involved? Why is he not getting a game? It's not getting treated badly." But these people don't see him every day in training. They don't know what what I mean, the coaching staff are seeing every day. Yeah. It might be that he's. I mean, look at his career, Scott Sinclair. He does tend to kind of fade away yeah. towards yeah. end of his contracts and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it might just be that, that the intensity is not quite there. And, um, Another one that will be fondly remembered by, by Celtic fans for his first two seasons. Last season, there was times last season Celtic fans were cracking up um, at times. Um, at times that was probably harsh because... Yeah, but it's just frustration. With Scottish football, you, you want to see guys steaming into tackles and that stuff, and that's not his game. So no. a couple of times you might hop it the way. By the way, probably quite sensibly. He's got some big, <laughs> some big bear trying to take his legs Bearing off. down on him. Aye, so I don't blame him for doing that, but yeah. Celtic fans crack up at that kind of thing. Um, you get a big cheer for winning a throw in Scotland. I think um, it maybe comes back to what you said a wee bit um, but earlier on, Graham, is kind of maybe a need, if Celtic are going to keep on improving, it's just a need to be ruthless at times with some yeah, players. I think, and I think, I think that, that seems to have been the case. He was, case meant, to be, was meant to be sold in the summer. That's why it, 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 the contract extension was activated because they thought they could get a couple of million quid for him. Yeah, didn't quite come out, didn't quite come off. And now they're kind of stuck with a guy that they were meant to be selling. And, and listen, uh, you don't know what he's like every day in training and all that stuff. I mean, he's, he's a good pro, a nice guy. Anytime you speak to him, he's 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 um, a good lad. But it just looks like it's just time to a new challenge for for all concerned. So we've got the loan players now. Uh, first one will come to is Daniel Arzani. What's what happens there? It's got to come to an end as well. And I know he had a great reputation. Australia uh, like talk about the best Australian player since Harry Kew. Uh that injury was so serious that I don't think you can judge him. Do you know what I mean? You, no. can, every player's different. He, he might still go on yeah. to be of a can, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's the one position where Celtic, um, they've got plenty of wingers and the, the ones that are ahead of him are uh, real top quality. But I think for his own benefit as well, I think it's important. I'm not even surprised if he maybe goes back to Australia for the season, uh, plays in the league and maybe tries to find his feet again. He's obviously very talented, uh, very highly rated. Manchester City kind of following that Chelsea blueprint to try to hoover up some of the best players around the world mm-hmm. uh, the, the Ian Mark is one and the Celtic tie-in was obviously like the two year deal the hope would be that he'd 
do well last season, kick on this, but it's just obviously not happened with the injury. And I think it wouldn't be surprised if maybe it gets cut short by six months potentially because he's just not in the picture, and I don't think he's going to be anytime soon. Mick. Yeah, shame for laddies. Came a big reputation and got injured straight away. It was just, um, pretty heartbreaking for him and all that stuff. I see, you never know. He's still young. I mean, Tom Rogic, when he arrived in, in Scotland at first, got injured, sent back to Australia, a couple of seasons in loan back in Australia, and then came back and. He was kind of forgotten about as a kind of guy that, mm. that nobody really thought would be amount to much really, and then he became a, a such a kind of important player for Celtic. So you never know; there might be some sort of arrangement longer, even longer term that he might he might eventually. So I mean, there's any story might not be finished at Celtic for that way. Aye, I mean he's uh, is it at the end of this season? But there yeah. was some talk. I think it was the Australian media that Neil Lennon Neil Lennon was. Keen to take him for another year, but would you be a bit skeptical about See, that? Yeah, I mean, it's a strange, it's not, it's not a strange deal. We signed for Man City, then the same day he was loaned and all that, and it's yeah. obviously a, a strategy for the for the kid. Uh, and Celtic maybe be a part of that strategy. It's not worked out for him so far, but as I say, I don't, I wouldn't write it off. I wouldn't say that it's it's quite a full stop for him at Parkhead just yet. Um, but never know. Okay, uh, Moritz Bauer. Celtic have the th- option to buy at the end of the season um, from his loan at, from Stoke City but does you know the kind of emergence of Jeremy Frimpong a coupled with El Hamid yeah. does that kind of I think so he, look, he, look, he looks okay doesn't he does, 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 yeah, he's a rash but I, I think um, depends what the fee is I mean, I'd imagine it's, it's not going to be cheap I don't think these kind of guys but um, yeah he's decent enough I mean but then he's a squad, be a squad man so if you're talking 2 or 3 million quid for a, another squad man when you've got El Hamid there yeah. and, and Frimpong if he kind of knows what his place is going to be at Celtic, is he going to be all that keen? Well, I think he was doing that. He was that same role at Stoke, wasn't he? He was kind of yeah, he's going to want somewhere well. where he's. So uh, I thought the couple of recent games, he was, he was too content to just pass the ball off. So in the early on the games, that he played quite well. He was decent against Hibs and the one each draw. He's okay because he, he was happy to bomb down the wing. Get, but he was quite good at getting balls into the box early. Uh, but Celtic fans have been treated to Frimpong, so he's the a, rules a, have changed. Yeah, he's, he's, he's solid enough guy. He's, bo- he's a ball standing right back, and there's hundreds of them. Exactly, yeah. I think that's <laughs> it. And I think, I think he fitted. It was a need, obviously, with Hamid coming into set, and obviously he's had a few injuries, but Frimpong's emergence has just been perfect for Celtic. I think Mick summed it up. Just a run of the mill right back. There's loads of them about Europe, and I think Celtic shop around, they can get better as well as a backup. Mm-hmm. And so we've saved the. Best two to last because I think the question is kind of maybe a wee bit different around these two because you'd think the club and the fans would take them in a heartbeat if it was possible, but it's more a case of whether it can be done or not. Uh, so the first one is obviously Mohamed El Yunusi on loan, Southampton. Talk of they'd maybe want something in the region of 10 million at least for him, but do you think it's it's possible or would you even <laughs> you at this stage? I've got, I've got my doubts. I think Elanusi would think it would be a real tough one. I mean, ten million quid's a hell of an outlay. Anyway, but it's not just that. Ten million pound players come with ten million pounds worth of wages, mm-hmm. and he's on a big money. Uh, Southampton that would change if they did. They would go down. That would change, but that's difficult. I think that makes it um, probably prohibitive in that respect. Um, is he would they worth that kind of money? I think he's a good player. I think he does. He does play when he's fit. He does make Celtic better. Um, but that kind of money, I think, would would make. I think Peter Lowell will be, be twitchy, that kind of dosh. <laughs> um, and I think I think Forster might be slightly different, but the problem with Forster is that Forster will still command a ten million pound fee, which is, would Celtic for a goalie would be quite <laughs> quite high. 
be quite surprising to spend that much money on a goalie, even if it is Fraser Forster. But not only that, if Celtic's right, we will slap down 10 million quid for this guy because he's had a great season and, it, and people will notice it. People, he doesn't become a bad goalie overnight. Mm-hmm. So people will notice in the European displays and I mean, the, Lazio, the cup final is just ridiculous. Um, like young Mick Gannon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tell everyone over the festive period. <laughs> um, but what the problem is that, that Celtic say will put down 10 million Somebody in England will say, well, we'll put them 12, we'll put them 14, put them 15, and it's, and it's spare change to them. Yeah. Because um, good goalkeepers are, are, are few and far between, and he is a uh, top drawer. So I think Celtic could get outbid quite quickly, which would actually take it out of Forster. I mean, I think Fraser Forster would, be, would actually be quite happy to come and do another stint. I think it's happy. The noise he's, he's coming from yeah. would certainly suggest. Um, that, perhaps just to play but Devil's Advocate. Yeah. As well. To maybe play Devil's Advocate as well. He's probably got a bit unfinished business because. He was brilliant for Southampton for a good couple of years, and then got squad. Yeah, exactly. Really bad injury, but he never quite get the chance. Joe Hart as well, old people. Mm-hmm. That's you know, what I mean? it's just criminal. Like, it was a head <laughs> in England. Team. No, I know, as no, long exactly. as it's a travesty. Yeah. Well. And then very quickly, England. You know, these Nick Pope and all these uh, Jack Bot and all these keepers. Yeah, those exactly. Exactly. They're all, <laughs> none of them are as good as Fraser Foster. But maybe there's a party, but just as unfinished business. Well, in the Premier League, people still, I think. Remember all these big games. It was a game against Arsenal a few years ago. He was the best player in the park. Brilliant save. Similar to the Betfred Cup final. Maybe I think if, right you're, if you're at the bottom half of the Premiership team, because I think Fraser Foster is a, a brilliant siege goalie. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect way of putting it. Like, see when it's backs against the wall and it's and he's, and he's really busy and all that stuff. I think he, that's when he really yeah, is. He does he excels? I mean, he just seems to go to another level. It's, um, in that Cup final we've mentioned before that it was almost like nothing was beating him. He hit him with a hammer to get him out of the way. <laughs> Uh, even then probably snap the handle on the hammer Lazio um, as well I remember the home he, ma- he makes saves look easy that are yeah. actually really difficult yeah. But so if you're a bottom half see if your team relegation battle in England people are like, that's, that's your man because there's going to be under siege most weeks so I, I think that might be the market might exactly. de- determine that one look at West Ham that one old joker that was the keeper that was his name the keeper he's dreadful I wish I was 20 years younger shocking and the fact two feet taller could all have been so different I wish I was about 6 inches taller and 20 years younger so it's well Foster and fat so imagine Foster wins the treble this season right that's basically he's still you know he's checked the list you know and everything he wants to do big runs in Europe perhaps not listen he might get convinced for another few years but I still think and you wouldn't blame him for for a second honestly I just think there might be an itch that needs scratched that's what I'm saying it may not not be his hands if there's a bit more in the summer yeah I think that takes it out of his hands hands. where he's going I suppose at the end of the day Um, just a kind of wee quick word maybe on the January transfer window there's been wee bits and pieces uh kind of start to crop up at this time of year. Um, but, Mick, do you expect to see players coming in in January? And if so, what positions do you... Well, I think a striker. I think you could put House on a striker coming in. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know Lee Griffiths is, is kind of back now and he's not quite there yet, but he's, he's fit and he's available. But still a bit of risk. I think Bayou... Sorry, not going to happen, don't think. I'd be very surprised if he manages to kind of um, start turning it on. Um, so I think a striker is, is is still the big priority. Do you think um, they might talk for a number of years about buying quality in January? I know it's very difficult, so it's players are ready for the summer. Uh, quick turnaround for European qualifiers. It's been Champions League qualifiers the last few years. Do you think this might be a chance for Celtic to go and maybe spend that four, five, six million on a proven player? Might not play every game with Edward there. Um, if I if I was one of the suits at Parkhead, I would be going and I'd be trying to find the next. Uh, Edward, I'll be trying to find a guy on a six-month loan deal from 
uh, a big hitter in Europe, a 19-year-old striker from one of, the, one of these big mega teams and say, do, do the same thing again. Take him on loan for six months uh, with a view to buy for 10 million quid in the summer and then expecting mega money for, for Eduard in the summer and have your replacement in the door and playing 15 games within the season. Try before you buy type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we did with Edward. Um, Edward became became the replacement with Dembele. If they can, if they can, that's a difficult market, right? You, can, you don't get these players. <laughs> Still done it twice in a row. But if you can, if they can get somebody of that kind of ilk, a 19, 20 year old on loan for six months, say right, get in here, see how you get on, and then stick the big money down again. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to pay for these kind of guys. Edward was nine million quid and looks every penny of it. Anything yeah, for and he'll go for he'll go for. Maybe three times that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this summer. I think. I was going to say, what were you thinking this summer? I, as I, early I as don't. I think that would be two and a half seasons. Yeah. I mean, you think Brendan Rodgers famously one of his lines was, "You get two years." Brendan was only six months <laughs> out as well. <laughs> um, he, he planned to be here. Little did we know he was talking about. Well, himself. he was planning two years as well. Um, so I think that might be that the time to um, take the dough. But finding that guy is not always as easy no, as that. Is, is, that. Not, is it? Um, or you go and get a, like a two million pound striker and hope he does the business and scores ten goals in the last part of the season. But if you can get that that January window to get somebody in with a view to the summer, I think that'd be a great bit of business. But like I say, easier said than done. Oh well, that's all from us today. But we'll be back again next midweek to bring you all the latest from Parkhead. Thanks to Graham and Mick for joining me. Be sure to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available, and you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks for listening.